Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. All right, this week on Live in the Bream, something that is near and dear to my heart that I have found fascinating. When I heard that this book was coming out, I could not wait to get my hands on it. It is about something from my life last century. I would like to note it's been a while. The Miss America pageant, Amy Argetzinger, has a brand new book called There She Was, The Secret History of Miss America. And if you like the inside scoop on pageants, as I have been a part of for decades and people are always asking me the inside questions, you're going to find out that and much more. Uh, Amy is an editor and writer with the Washington Post style section, the author of this brand new book. And I am so excited to welcome her. Hey, Amy. Hey, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so first of all, I have to know why you decided to dive into this topic, because, you know, some people say the the pageant thing is over. It's not relevant anymore. And you dig into all of those different angles in the book. But what motivated you to kind of um, tap into the secret world? Well, I have been a longtime fan of the pageant. And it's funny, I did not grow up in pageant circles. I grew up in the Washington, D.C. suburbs where pageants were not a big thing. I didn't know anyone who competed. I watched it like most people do, but you know, after college, I started my career in Iowa, and you know that's that's the pageant belt. You mm-hmm. see pageant queens at the county fairs. A good friend of mine who was a coworker at the newspaper actually competed on the local level, which is the first inkling I had that, oh my gosh, pageant girls are real people. <laughs> I have to say, I always thought they were a different species. And when I, when I saw it up close and saw her experience, she and I decided to go see the 1996 pageant in Atlantic City. We, we were both in Washington then. We drove up, we bought a ticket, we saw it, and it was just so eye-opening. That's when I realized that there's so much more to it than what you see on television. There is an entire community, a huge subculture, and so, you know, when I went back to Washington and told my friends where I had been, they were all jealous. They all wanted to go too. And so it became a regular thing. We would go and we would, you know, we would try to guess the winner and we could never quite figure it out. Uh, I didn't really come to it as a journalist though until more recently. And, you know, there was a lot of upheaval in the leadership of the pageant in 2017, 2018. And I wrote about that. And decided that it was time to sort of trace the origins of these tensions that had been in the organization. You know, I I began to think, you know, it seems like the era is drawing to a close. It's possible the ratings are plunging. Miss America might not be here much longer. I wanted to figure out what happened, what went wrong. But, you know, as I traced it back, it really became more of a success story. If you think about it, it's a hundred years. I mean, what in popular culture lasts that long? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a story about the 
<laughs> against the odds survival of this institution. Yeah. I mean, I, like you would see it growing up with my mom and my grandma, that kind of thing, see it on TV. And I think, oh gosh, yeah. these girls look so glamorous and put together. But I was like a buck tooth, you know, thick glasses kind of kid where nobody thought I was going to end up being Miss America. And so <laughs> when I kind of started sniffing around this thing, my parents were like, eh, maybe you should try something else. They did not <laughs> really think this is going to be the right thing for me, but um, I had a wonderful experience um, back in college, became Miss Virginia toured the state for a year, went on to Miss America. And the money that I won from the finals at Miss America and from Miss Virginia meant that I could graduate debt-free. So I, I mean, know Shannon, firsthand. We, the viewers should know you were top 10 at Miss America. Oh, well. Again, and last that century. Was a very big deal, <laughs> a very competitive field that year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really, well, thank you. And I mean, I, it's not for everybody. Um, but it was for me a great experience. And, um, so I know firsthand that it is about your community service platform and all these different things, which yeah. I think oh, you track that over the years, the pageant has tried to make changes that would make it more serious, more relevant to whatever time period. And they are going through those growing pains again, which we'll get to, um, but I think I, what I love is that you go back through so many of the former Miss Americas, um, you know, long ago and more recent, and you talk about what individual personalities they have. These are strong, smart, opinionated women. And some of them kind of, you know, stirred up controversy at the time, um, were very different, were, uh, you know, in some small ways, thought leaders. And so I love that you give them their due over the decades. Well, thank you. And, you know, they're all such wonderful, interesting people. Again and again, I had the experience where I would think that I had already known somebody's story. I had read all about them. I had watched their pageants. I knew, I thought I knew their trajectory. And then I'd get on the phone with them and realize, oh, there's so much more to them than I thought, that there is so much more going on beneath the surface. Uh, and, you know, it's, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I began to feel like this is really more a story about women in America during these interesting chaotic decades, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And Miss America could just be a lens to tell that story because mm -hmm. these happen to be the young women who are sort of putting themselves out there and taking their act on the stage and stepping up into the spotlight. And it made a really use useful vehicle to talk about those changes that we we're all going through. Yeah. And, and, you know, you trace, uh, I, and I'd always kind of known the story that people, it's very easy and I don't, I'm not getting onto anyone, but there's a difference between <laughs> Miss USA and Miss America. Yeah. Most people, and listen, life is very busy and I do not expect people to know the difference, but they actually <laughs> did have an offshoot from each other when there was a dispute about, um, you know, swimsuits yeah. and posing and, uh, you know, a sponsorship and all these different kinds of things. Uh, and Miss America kept swimsuit for decades. It's only recently that that's been, you know, kind of carved out. And listen, when I was competing, you know, if you saw my year, we were still wearing the very modest one pieces. There was oh, nothing quite as exciting. It's funny, to, and, it's funny to look and see what you guys were wearing in 1990. <laughs> and it was kind of that super suit era, which you talk about, which is, yeah. you know, there's sort of these swimsuits that suck everything in. They are Did almost you have a super suit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they're constructed yeah. like with pulleys and levers. They make everything look was it, good. Was they it suck it all in. Or what, I mean, it, it looked, it was so flattering. Was it comfortable at all? Uh, no, but I wasn't about comfort. 
you know, <laughs> was about getting yeah. some points. So um, that's all it was about. And Those the spray so that you put on your, <laughs> right. So they're, they're very scientifically engineered. You do you spray this stuff on your hiney to, you know, glue the suit down. So no cheeks fall out. Like they'll, they've come a long way since then, but now yeah. there is no swimsuit competition. Let's talk about the last kind of a few tumultuous years. If the pageant, you know, it's, it's tried to change getting rid of swimsuit competition, focusing on other things. Do you think it has another life with these changes or is it time to say, okay, this is just not a pageant anymore. And a hundred years is a good run. Uh, You know, I, I hate, I hate to say it. I think it's a hundred years is a very good run. Uh, I kind of think a Miss America kind of managed to outrace its natural lifespan. And I was in ways that are remarkable. I, you know, the swimsuit issue was kind of blown up as, as, a, as a big deal, as a defining moment. And in many ways it was, but you know, the organization, the community had been debating this for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Back in 1970, 71, the executive director of the pageant was saying, oh, I don't know if we can keep doing a swimsuit competition. This younger generation just doesn't like it. It had been on the table for a long time. Um, what happened though, and you were kind of, I don't know if you were aware of this, you were sort of there at the cusp of some generational changes mm-hmm. and how it was thought about. Um, a lot of the women who competed in the 70s and 80s were kind of uncomfortable with it. Uh, and, you know, back then they used to, they used to publish the, a woman's dimensions, you know, her hips, waist, bust, and her, and her weight in the, in the pageant literature. It was just a kind of a, a different time that way. A lot of women were uncomfortable with that. Starting in the 90s, though, you really saw the rise of fitness culture, where a lot of pageant women kind of had a different attitude about it. Um, they weren't guiding themselves down to uh, really absurd <laughs> sizes. They were really more about lifting weights. And as a consequence, they seemed to, at least the women who stayed in pageants, they seemed to be more comfortable with the idea of going out there in a swimsuit. So in 2018, when the new leadership, which was led by Gretchen Carlson at the time, decided to get rid of the swimsuit competition, it really caused a rift in the, in the organization, um, which, you know, if they had made that change 30 years earlier or 40 years earlier, it might've been easier to survive. But at that point, so many of the people who had stayed in the pageant world, they were okay with swimsuits. They didn't have a problem with it. In fact, they felt that it connected them to a certain tradition. So a lot of the dissent uh, and disarray that you saw after that, it was, it was a, you know, it was sort of a, a matter of a mishandling of the grassroots politics of, of Miss America that led to a bunch of this uh, dispute, I would say. Yeah, I think the question was, where does it go from here? Yeah, I don't know. I know that's that's. I think we're all kind of watching and waiting, and um, you know, yeah, I, I I see these young women who are competing, and I know several of them. The girl that's Miss Virginia this year is from uh, Liberty. Her mom's a former Miss America. Oh, yes. Tatum Shepard, yes, who, yeah, daughter of Kelly Cash, and she's yeah, and a really she, impressive young woman. She is. And each of these young women that I meet and I read their bios, I, I see what they're um, all planning to do as they get to Atlantic City and way beyond that. I still see that this is benefiting young women, that they are serving yeah. their communities, yeah. that they are getting their education paid for. 
even through the the twists and turns, um, I hope that in some form or fashion, um, the idea of the scholarship money will be there for these young women, whether the program completely changes, I don't know. But you it's talked to in the book about money. Go, yeah. ahead, go ahead. It's it's just it's that there's there's a sense of community. These small town pageants, mm-hmm. and you know they see the same young women competing year after year, and they get invested in seeing them improve. And the young women who do it, I mean, you know, it wouldn't have been my choice to be in pageants, but I can't deny the power of what these young women are saying about what they got out of it, mm-hmm. the confidence that it instilled in them. You know, one young woman I talked to said that because she was going on these interviews where people were asking her, what do you want to do for your job? What do you want to do in your career? It forced her to start thinking in a really hard way about that. And Mm -hmm. that's how she landed on the career that she's now pursuing because she was prompted at a younger age to really think about this stuff by the organizers of these, these pageants. And there's also a lot of camaraderie there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's like what you would see in, amateur sports or something, you know, <laughs> you know, the same people on the half marathon running circuit, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like that. They're rivals, but they're also friends. It's so, so there's true. Something, there's something so sweet about the culture. Um, mm-hmm. And that really is kind of quaint compared to some of the things that have, have replaced it, you know, in reality television, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you hate to see it dying out, but we, <laughs> never, never bet against Miss America. I'll say that. That's a good point. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Um, again, we're talking to Amy Argetsinger about her brand new book, There She Was, The Secret History of Miss America. It is fascinating. If you're somebody like me who has known and loved pageants for a long time and is you know part of the Miss America family in some way, um, you'll love it. If you're brand new to it, I think you will also be so intrigued. And I love that you talk about the local pageants because they really are the heart of the whole yeah. thing. This is the first place yeah. as a young woman, if you want to give this a try, if you meet the age and residency requirements, you show up there, you do your best with your talent. And I mean, I had all kinds of borrowed clothes and watch the other girls that were more experienced to kind of figure this out. But the local pageant directors that I had in the beginning are still lifelong friends. They Mm -hmm. really are people that make you believe in yourself when you maybe are just a diamond in the rough. You have some potential. You need to form those ideas about what you want to do, how you want to serve your community, how to get better at your talent, how to do better in school, how to focus yourself, all those things that um, they want you to win. They're cheering for you. They don't do this for the money. There's no money in it for them. Right. Exactly. Um, There's no money being made in this. No, I mean, so it's a labor of love for these folks. And I, and I truly, some of the closest people in my life are those people who were there when I was a terrified 19 year old who had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Um, My local director actually would make me listen to these motivational tapes because he would say to me, you're going to go to Miss America. And I would say, I just don't want to fall off the stage, you know, like at Miss Virginia, I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) but he, for some reason will always be such a close friend in my life because he's been there for my wedding and for hard times and good times and all those things, because 
he just poured into my life. Like you have, you, you talk about coaches or sports or mentors or people that you have, um, those lifelong bonds are really there. Mm-hmm. Now I love that you talk in it too. Mm-hmm. They are so invested and they're cheering for you. And it's like having your own little cheering section as a college kid, which everybody kind of yeah. needs. Um, but I love that you connect the dots between these Miss Americas who get together over time and how they've had a really rough time the last few years because they don't all agree yeah. on what should happen in yeah. moving forward with a pageant. Um, and they all do have strong personalities. They're not all, you know, a Southern debutante, blonde hair, blue eyes, 36, 24, 36. You talk about how they're really, these women should be recognized for the individuals that they are. They disagree. Some of them have taken on really um, controversial topics. Um, yeah. and, and the latest one is now what to do with a pageant. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, they were so invested. And, you know, three years ago, there was this kind of hopeful moment. There had been a scandal over emails that were very disparaging of the former Miss Americas that had been shared by, by board members. And the Miss Americas banded together and they demanded change. And um, that was the thing that really was the most surprising and startling thing to me for all my years of having followed the pageant. I remember being struck watching this story unfold and how within hours of this story breaking about these scandalous emails, within an hour or two, there was a there was a letter that was signed by most of the Living Miss Americas. And that was the first time it occurred to me. I thought, oh, that means they must all be talking to each other. I had mm-hmm. no idea. I really, I, I really just thought of all the Miss Americas as being each in their own distinct year, each in their own distinct YouTube, each in their own distinct hairstyle of whatever era. Mm-hmm. And then to realize that, oh no, they have a Facebook group, they have an email chain, they go on retreats together. They, they have a regular reunion where they talk amongst themselves, just hanging out with no makeup. And they're all very forceful personalities. Um, and, you know, many of them have gone on to uh, not just lives in show business, you know, of course in media, but uh, you know, increasingly in advocacy or politics. So you had a lot of women who were really ready to roll up their sleeves and, and make a difference. And yeah, I have a chapter that explains a lot of what happened in 2018. And I think people could debate forever whether, whether it could have had a different outcome. Uh, but you know, it, clearly at that point, it was just, it was a tenuous organization just because of the finances the sponsors, it wasn't, it wasn't at the full strength. It was when you knew it. And, you know, sometimes when an organization is struggling that way, the battle has become more pitched at a time when they can least afford it. Yeah. And, you know, you catalog how it used to be years ago that young women, they all enter for different reasons, but it used to be sort of a launching pad into the Bob Hope specials and the USO tours yeah. and a chance of getting into a movie or to <laughs> modeling or to singing or whatever it was. And it, and it, Miss America was kind of one of those nationwide celebrities every year, and she would be at the big events. Um, and it morphed into something yeah. very different over the years. It's just I, like you, you allude to reality TV. I mean, everybody really is um, a star for 15 minutes kind of thing. Yeah. Miss America isn't that cultural icon in that same way that she was decades ago. So why do you think young women now are still investing their time, their hopes, their dreams, whatever it is, into entering and trying to become Miss America? Well, I will say the numbers have dropped a lot. Mm-hmm. It was, it's nowhere near the levels of national participation 
that, that you saw? I mean, I'd be curious to know, like, how many women you were competing against at the local level mm-hmm. uh, back then. It is fewer. But, you know, once, once someone gets into it, they kind of get the bug. I kept hearing this story again and again. Sometimes it would be a young woman who had been doing competitive dance and she would have maxed out there, gone to the highest level she could, and it's time to do something else. But she still has that that thing, that drive that she wants to fulfill. And someone says, oh, why don't you try the pageant? Um, and, uh, you know, for, for other women, they would they would see pageant women on social media. I mean, Instagram is where <laughs> so many of them live these days mm-hmm. and think, you know, I could do that too. And then once they're in, it becomes your world. And I would say largely in a nice way, a uh, lot of camaraderie. Um, you know, it's, I'll be curious to see if, if the pageant is no longer able to command a TV contract anymore. Mm-hmm. Can it just succeed as a grassroots thing that that just kind of still lives there on the on the local level? Uh, you know, state pageants aren't televised either, and they are a you know a very lively annual thing. Or will coming generations not be able to connect with it because they haven't seen it on television? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can can Miss America translate to an Instagram world or a streaming world? It's going to really depend on whether whether they can hook a younger generation. Yeah, well, it is a fascinating ride for anybody who has ever been the least bit curious or you think you already know everything about this. There she was, The Secret History of Miss America by Amy Singer. I couldn't put it down. I can't wait to finish it. And oh, Shannon, um, thank you. Know, you. I hope that it it sparks conversation about the good things from the program, what can possibly be salvaged, and we'll see where the future leads. In the meantime, you've given us a fascinating read. So thank you, Amy, for being with us on this week's Live in the Brain. Thank you, Shannon. This is so nice. I really appreciate it. Thanks. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.